Got depression, anxiety, talk about it with me. Strange brain, same page, safe place. Therapy is great, and this ain't the same. But we're crying behind sunglasses anyway. Crying behind sunglasses. This is a Soul Fire production. Hey, 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 Sunnies. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and this is a mental health podcast for cool people. Uh, by cool people, I mean, you know, you got issues, I got issues, but let's just talk some shit about it, right? We don't need to take it so seriously. This podcast is not meant to be a substitute for therapy or medical advice. I know that perhaps you thought that you had tuned into the WebND podcast, but shockingly, I am not a doctor, just a weird and funny person who is very passionate about your mental health. Um, If you're new here, welcome to the party. Uh, Don't forget to hit that subscribe button. And if you've been here before and you're a loyal sunny, thank you so much. Uh, If you want to show me some love, then leave a review on this podcast and maybe share it with a friend. Um, Today's episode is with Jen Curcio, who is the host of A Touch from the Past podcast, and she's also a comedian. We talk about her crazy journey when she came out as gay, a lot of different trials and tribulations there, as well as telling some ghost stories. And I learn all about adjustment disorder, which is apparently a big thing. When people go through drastic changes in their lives, uh, there is a lot of fallout there. So who knew? We're learning new things every day. Also, um, after the episode, if you want to um, hear some details more about what we talked about, then check out the episode guide on cryingbehindpod.com. Of course, you can find us at cryingbehindpod on all of the social medias, and I'm at Katie Dahl. Um, Also, if you would like to further connect, uh, I have found this new app called Clubhouse, and even though right now it's in beta, I know that it's growing, and a lot of you are on it. I kind of love it because it's an audio only social networking app. And it's kind of like one of those old 90s party lines, you know, and you just hop on there and you can have conversations with different people. You can invite people to listen or invite them to the quote unquote stage to talk with you. Um, So I've been looking for a new medium to do my mental health meetups weekly. And I think this is going to be it. So as a little, uh, little test, a little first time, little maiden voyage, if you will, I will be doing a, um, crying behind sunglasses, mental health support group this Thursday, February 4th at 8 PM on clubhouse, 8 PM Pacific time. Um, if you need an invite, hit me up. I've got a few left for the app and yeah, I'll see you on there. It should be fun. The reason I really like it specifically for mental health stuff is that like if you're feeling depressed or anxious, you don't want to have to worry about putting your face on and looking cute on camera to be on a Zoom call, you know? And I like the idea of leaving it open so that anybody can attend. So that's all the news that's fit to print. And I hope you enjoy today's episode. Welcome back to Crying Behind Sunglasses. I'm Katie Dahl, and today's guest is an old friend of mine. She's not old, but, you know, our friendship (laughs) goes back for a while. Uh, She is the host of A Touch from the Past podcast. Please welcome Jen Curcio. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I I love this podcast. I think it's so important. So I'm, I'm really pumped to be on. Yay. 
Hey, thank you so much. I appreciate that. I mean, like, I'm very self-important. So, like, when other people can recognize how important I am. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're important. You're great. (laughs) Um, So... Since since I want to know about your mental health and I care, I, let's do a check in. How okay. how are how are we feeling today? Today I'm actually very good. Yeah, yeah. Why I mean, is that? Well, <laughs> well, I just feel like uh, the thing that's been bringing me down is like my work situation, and recently I've just had a lot of good stuff coming about, like as far as like possible job situation like you know new jobs so yes I, I have things going on so that feels really good and I just finished uh the first draft of my pilot that I've been struggling to get done <laughs> that's amazing congrats thank you how did you um push through your writer's block or whatever other <laughs> obstacles you were having to get it done well I think for a while I was just just like trying to push myself and I might get like a page out. And then Mm -hmm. um, fortunately I had a friend who sent my resume to someone who said like, Hey, could I see some actual, like something, a long form writing project from her as a sample. And I just was like, you know what? I got to do it. Like I'm going to sit down. I got home last night, five 30 and I've been sitting at my computer for pretty much that entire time. Up until now. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, so basically, you're kind of like me. I'm I'm the same where I need someone to give me a deadline. Yeah. You know, like someone else needs to be like, Katie, it's time. Yeah. Because if I'm left to my own devices, a lot of times I won't get it done. That's how I am. That's pretty spot on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we have that in common. So um, you're originally from Philly, right? Yep. Yes. And is that where you started doing comedy originally? Or did you do that after you moved out to LA? No, I started in Philadelphia. Um, Okay. Yeah, I always wanted to do comedy since I was like four years old. And uh, I went to college and I really wanted to try it while I was in college, but I never really found anything. So like as soon as I got my first job that really paid enough to like feel good, decent, which was like two years after graduation, um, I I just kind of got into it. I like researched, saw what classes were out there and um, joined a theater called the Philly Improv Theater. And I took two classes, two improv classes. And then the day after my second class show, I auditioned for a house team and I didn't think I would get it, but I got it. And I was so pumped. That is exciting. Thank you. Yeah, I was really because it was funny because like there was so many guys that were like, you're probably not going to get it because, you know, it's cute that you want to try to do this, like that whole old spiel. And none of them got on a team. So. Well, you showed them. I tried. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, that just goes to show that it's like sometimes your own perception of yourself is not what everyone else is seeing. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's right. usually it's usually the other way around where I don't think I'm going to make it. And other people are like, you're going to make it. And then I don't. But so this was a pleasant surprise. Oh, no, I'm saying the, 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 the dudes who didn't make the team. I'm talking like you, oh, you got oh. the people who are in charge. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. They saw your talent, even though you were like, well, I'm going to try this. I just finished my classes. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. 
And what was it that um, drew you to even want to try improv? I in the first place. I, I did research, not to sound like a nerd, but I did research, and I really loved Amy Poehler so much mm-hmm. at the time. And I saw that she did improv, and I was like, you know what? Like, I think maybe that would be something I really would love to do because, like, I always wanted to do stand up, but I was kind of really freaked out by it, and. I just I just didn't have like the the willingness to jump up there by myself yet. So mm-hmm. improv was like a good medium. I was like, I think plus I like character work a lot. Yeah, yeah. I think that that makes sense. I like getting up on stage when you it's just you and you're not playing a character, it does feel a little bit naked. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> And like when you're when you're on an improv team, you get to play a character, you get to play with other people, you get to yes and yeah back and forth. So definitely. Yeah. Have you done any um comedy stuff since lockdown happened? A little bit. I've done some storytelling shows and a couple of improv shows just here and there. I mean, obviously it doesn't compare to the real thing, but it's it's okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> I appreciate the opportunity. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is it something like, what do you think is the the main thing? Do you miss performing for live audiences or are you, is it, are you relieved to not be doing that? No, I miss it. I miss it so much. <laughs> I feel like what I do you miss. Oh, I miss just, just the excitement, um, the buildup, like before the show when you're like, Ooh, that like energy you, I, I mean, at least I get this energy of like, Ooh, am I, is it going to be? you know, total bust? Is this going to be fun? What's going to happen? Um, and just just in general, like when you're telling, because I also do storytelling, as you know, and uh, it's, there's just nothing like that, like telling a story on, on stage in front of people. So mm-hmm. I feel like I yeah. do have my moments where I have like bits with my girlfriend. God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> so are you, you guys are living together? Mm-hmm. Yeah. How has that been in isolation? Have you guys grown closer? It's been great. It's it's so funny because like we moved in the weekend, everything started shutting down and we were like, what are we going to do? Like we can't have random people helping us because we don't want to risk them. We don't want to like risk ourselves. So one friend, I had one friend help us and it, I mean, it worked out. It was fine. But it's been great, honestly. We got a dog. <laughs> so Yes. Yeah. Tell me about this dog. He's awesome. He's uh we think he <laughs> we're guessing, but we think he's a sh- a schnickerdoodle. A poodle. What does that mean? It's a schnauzer and a poodle mix. Oh. Yeah. So See, he's... when you said schnickerdoodle, I thought you meant like a Jewish poodle. I was uh, like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, look, he might be, and I don't know. <laughs> So sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt okay. you. He's he's a schnickerdoodle. Yeah, we think so. He he's just a a mutt we got from mm-hmm. a rescue. He was a stray in Bakersfield. That's all we really know. But mm-hmm. he's great. He's a delight. He's such a goofball. He's like super energy, but like not not annoying. I don't know. I feel like he's like the perfect match. That's so good. What's his name? Bugs. Because he has big ears like Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. 
But when we filled out the like the actual adoption application, we were like, does this dog have parasites? Like, what what are we getting into? Oh, so that was the name he, that he came with and you yeah. guys just kept it. Yeah, we just kept it because we didn't know. We had no idea. Like, I had never rescued a dog before. Like, I've had dogs, but like from their puppyhood. So I had no idea, like, is it appropriate to rename him? I didn't know. So I just kept it. <laughs> It's a personal choice, you know? I mean, yeah. um, when I rescued uh, my dog, Coconut, she was somewhere between a year and a year and a half old, and she had a different name, and I renamed her. Oh, so, wow. uh So her original name was Kit. Okay. K-I-T, and I was just like, eh, she's a really cute dog. This is not a cute enough name. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> And so I was like, I'm just going to pick a name that also starts with a K, yeah. you know, so that she wouldn't be too confused. Uh, and that's that's how we landed on Coconut. That's awesome. So, I never knew that. It's, you know, there's a, there's, there's a lot of lore. <laughs> <laughs> and how people adopt their dogs. So but, true. Uh, yeah. That's nice that it's been, it's been a good closeness because I think that. I mean, I've also um, been living with a partner for most of lockdown. And um, I mean, you definitely get to know each other on a different level when it's the only person that you're allowed to hang out with. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) And also, I feel you when you're saying like, because you don't have another audience for your jokes. So are you doing a lot of bits? Yeah. With her? Yeah, I'd say so. (laughs) It's funny because she's cool about it, but she'll be like, Oh, you're in an improv mood, huh? And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> but she's a writer, so she can kind of, she definitely can keep up and banter with me. So that's good. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Um, totally separate subject, but um, since the, this is like a mental health podcast, and you're you stepped into my somewhat virtual therapy room, <laughs> uh, unlicensed virtual therapy room. Um, what? sort of like mental health issues have you dealt with in the past like for me I'm mostly in the like anxiety and panic disorder camp um what about you have you dealt with any depression or anxiety or anything like that of course I have (laughs) (laughs) I mean it was a rhetorical question but I was just wondering what your experience is yeah no um I've definitely uh I've had anxiety problems I've had uh depression Um, I was diagnosed with adjustment disorder, which is when this was like right after I came out of the closet as queer. Mm -hmm. Um, It's like basically when you are having difficulty adjusting to like a big life change. So like for me, that was coming out of the closet and like dealing with uh, all the, the, the personal relationship changes that happen you know, that might happen with that. For in my case, it was, you know, my mom and I didn't speak for three months, which sucked. Yeah. A cousin still doesn't talk to me. And and that's, you know, I've I've had to go through therapy and kind of work through all that. So a lot of depression came up from as a result of that. So I've dealt with that. And I've also unfortunately, well, I guess, unfortunately, been on the other side of it where People who other people, as you know, who have had unchecked health, mental health issues have, uh, you know, been not so kind. And I would I guess I would say abusive. So, yeah, I've seen it both ways. 
Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I've never heard of adjustment disorder until just now. So uh, that's really interesting. I mean, I don't know if I would even, I I don't mean to negate what you're saying, because like, I feel like, I don't know if it's a disorder. I feel like anybody would have those feelings, right? Like, I don't (laughs) think there's anything wrong with you to feel confused and disoriented when you go through such a big life change, right? Oh, sure. I wanted to ask you about how, what it was like coming out for you, because I know that um, it was partially not really on your own terms. Yeah, that's, right? that's true too. <laughs> and I, I feel like there's, there's such an importance of being able to own that and do it on your own time in the way that you want to, right? Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. I mean, I've come to make peace with it, but Mm-hmm. You know, when it happened, it was because it was a partner at the time who really pushed me and kind of gave me this like ultimatum of like, well, if you don't come out um, to my parents, then I'm going to break up with you. So weirdly enough, like I came out to my parents. I didn't quite feel ready yet. Um, mm. Fortunately, I had a lot of good friends in place who were like, all right, you know, they could kind of see what was going on with that partner. And they were like, all right, like, we're going to be here. And, you know, if if things don't go, go well, like you're, you know, this is your new family as well. Either way, you have new family. And the next day at work, I was still very much in the closet at work. Mm -hmm. But because that partner posted and like tagged me, it was so weird. I was literally crying and she's like, Mm. let's get ice cream. And I'm like, I don't want to get ice cream. Like, I just need to cry. And she's like, no, we're getting ice cream. So we go, we get ice cream. I'm crying in an ice cream shop. Uh, I'm eating ice cream while crying. And she's just snapping photos. And I'm like, please just stop. Like, this is a a freaking nightmare. Uh, So she posts the photos like, oh, congrats to my girlfriend. She's come out of the closet. Tags me. Mm. only my parents knew now because she's tagged me my whole family knows they're all calling my parents and me I'm like this is terrible the next day I go to work thinking like oh work is weirdly gonna bring me a bit of like a a bit of a a break from this wrong because this guy who is like the office creep took his phone and showed everybody and said she doesn't like the D, she likes the V, meaning like I'm gay. Totally outed me in like such a gross way. And uh, my jaw is on the floor, by the way, because this is not a video podcast. I just need to have everyone to know this is this is insane. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> just because not only the person who put all the photos online, that's terrible, but then also like your coworker to just be like, hey, she she doesn't like the D. Yeah. It was so gross. And so, like, I immediately start crying. My boss sat across from me because our desks were, like, facing each other. It was a weird office situation. But uh-huh. uh, she was like, hey, I think this is great. Like, I- I'm sorry that this happened. Uh, and she, like, doesn't know what to do because she's like, what do I do? And she's like, let's get right. massages sometime. And I'm like... <laughs> It was like a really adorable moment of like, I don't know what to do, but like, I'm going to say massages because that makes like, and no matter what, it's like, you know, we're all cool if I'm saying we should get massages, you know? So I really- Did you ever get that massage? We did not. And that's fine. (laughs) Sorry. That's so funny. It was just such a weird way for her to relate to me, but I was like, I appreciate it. I get it. That's your thing. 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, unfortunately, that guy ended up getting fired for doing that. So. I don't think that's unfortunate. I Yeah, think well, for him. <laughs> it's highly inappropriate behavior. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, he, was he young, at least? No. We could maybe, maybe not. Oh. No, he was like a two-time divorced dad with a teenage daughter and like a toddler son. That's that was who he was. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, I mean you've painted a picture. <laughs> you've painted a picture for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's it's interesting like the personas that, that that you know you have to put on for different people, you know, and like you want to maintain a certain image at work. And yeah. I mean, it's I'm sorry you went you went through all that. And I mean, that sounds like a really traumatic experience because it's like you didn't even really want to come out to your parents, but you were just like begrudgingly like, okay, if this is how I can maintain this relationship, I'll do that. But then it just kind of Yeah. Exploded, right? It did. I did not <laughs> expect I guess because like, I mean I discussed it and I was like, please don't post photos. So, of course, yeah. when that happened, I was like, you've, like, really violated a boundary that I set. And mm-hmm. then it was just like, we're off to the races. Let's keep violating. <laughs> and then when that guy came into the office, I was like, what are the odds? I totally mm-hmm. forgot I even added him on social media. So it's like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess that's a lesson, you know, uh, just uh, check check your friends list. Make sure you don't have any any office creeps. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Actually, the funniest bit that you've been doing on Facebook lately, um, which I know you probably think I, you, you know what I'm going to bring up uh, <laughs> is that you're like your current work. They don't know. No. Or a lot of people don't know that you're gay. No. Uh, I, am I allowed to talk about that? I, yeah. I'm you, worried. I don't want to. No. Get, okay. Go ahead. I don't want to get you in trouble. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's 2021. Uh, it, this shit stops now. Okay, good. But I just think it's hysterical. Like you have a whole story that you've made up for your people at your current workplace that you're, um, you were married to a man named Todd and now you're divorced. <laughs> Right. Yeah. So what happened? It it cracked me up because <laughs> a new person started at work, and uh-huh. I I always just have headphones on, like I'm just doing my work, minding my business, and I overheard my boss, like our boss, telling the new person, "Oh, you know, Jen was married, but she's divorced now. She'll probably never do that again." And I was like, "What?" And I turned around and I was like, "Wait." you think I'm divorced? And they were like, yeah, we didn't think you could hear that. But we wanted to let her know that, you know, you had a nasty divorce. And I was like, I've never been married. <laughs> like I was like, where did you even get that? So like we traced it back. And it was my boss thought I said I, I used to fight with a cousin. Mm. And he thought I said husband. So he like filled in this like crazy marriage story and i was like no but like this this person this new person is like still running with it like you're should be like you're a strong woman for not wanting to get remarried <laughs> and i'm like i okay all right so like i'm i have to admit like i'm kind of a dick because i just started playing into it i was like why not my ex-husband todd your ex-husband todd <laughs> And um, what 
So you've made up a whole backstory, though. Like, what is Todd like? Oh, he's such a jerk. (laughs) Yeah, so I guess I just kind of made up this, like, fake ex-husband who is, like, loves Joe Rogan, as you know. Um, Mm -hmm. We have three kids. No, two kids. Whoops. (laughs) I made up a kid. Yeah, so we have two fake children. Um, You know, he teaches them terrible things to play into the patriarchy like like todd is just he definitely stormed the capital you know (laughs) (laughs) so he's just like the personification of everything that you're against yeah exactly yeah okay yeah that's an easy way to look at it you summed it up perfectly (laughs) (laughs) no it's just wild to me and i think what's funny too is because um, for those people who are listening, she's had like a long series of Facebook posts where she'll she'll talk about Todd or she'll be like, what should I make for dinner for Todd or like what <laughs> <laughs> those kinds of things up in, like tongue in cheek. But sometimes people aren't in on the joke. Yeah. And that's that's the funniest part for me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> something else I was wondering is if there's. Someone who is um, not out yet or like in the process of thinking about coming out. Um, I mean, what do you wish that someone had told you when you were younger, when you were worried about coming out? Yeah, I guess I would. I just wish someone would have said, like, no matter what, it's going to be okay. Like life is going to keep going. Whether your relatives ever talk to you again, like you're going to make new relatives because the people that said that they were my family almost seven years ago they're still like my family like and some of them have even met my actual family like that's how much we're all family now so you you can find your own family like you'll make family if you lose yours and that's the biggest thing Mm. yeah and that's beautiful because i think that is true it's like yes you have your blood relatives and um, but you can choose your family and you can choose people who are more healthy for you. And um, just because you're related to someone doesn't mean that you have to have a relationship with them if it's not yeah. working. Yeah, I think that's true for anybody, no matter if you're coming out of the closet or, you know, you're just someone who doesn't happen to have the healthiest relationships with your loved ones. Your, well, I should say your blood relatives. Mm-hmm. But everything's um, cool with your your parents now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they always. (laughs) My mom sends my girlfriend and I matching pajamas. (laughs) Oh my god, that's so cute! I love that. Yeah. So she's like very accepting now. Yeah. (laughs) That's good. Do you have Do you have siblings? Yeah, I have one older sister. Mm Hmm. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing she's been cool with everything. Oh yeah, from from the the minute. Like actually, it's funny because when I came out to her. She thought I was kidding with her. And she was like, Jen, stop. Like, it's not funny to make fun of gay people and like come out of like, just knock it off. And I was like, no, I'm serious. Like, I'm actually gay. (laughs) It was so weird. Wait, so she thought you weren't actually gay. Yeah, she thought I was just totally pranking her. And I was like, no, it's not a joke. (laughs) She was like, this is a shitty joke. Stop. (laughs) But then eventually she figured out that it was real. Yeah. Yeah. You were like, here, here are pictures of all the girls that I like and have crushes on. I promise you I'm actually gay. Yeah. 
<laughs> you, you had to like put, a, put together a whole PowerPoint presentation to like prove to her. <laughs> yep. I was like in 1997, <laughs> Gwen Stefani was my crush. <laughs> was she? Oh, yeah. Of course. Was that like your first big like celebrity crush that you can remember? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to think who. I guess around that same time, I was really into Leonardo DiCaprio. Yeah, that's, oh, I was going to say, like, speaking of middle school, that was the other thing is, like, everybody was so, every girl was, like, super into Leo. And I was like, I guess I'll try to fake this. Like, I'll go see Titanic. (laughs) (laughs) Just begrudgingly, like, rolling your eyes in the back of theater, like, oh. Yeah. Pretty but much. at least Kate Winslet got naked. I mean, yeah, I mean, she's we're, great. We're, she's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if she's your type or not, but she's pretty attractive. Yeah, I feel like as an adult, she's my type. Like now that I'm an adult, she's yeah, sure. Right, that's true. Because she was maybe a little bit old for, mm-hmm. for us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many times in my life where I was in the middle of a panic attack and just hyperventilating and crying and I thought I had no hope I couldn't see a way forward and in those moments talking to a therapist was one of the only things that could actually pull me out of it and then while continuing in my therapy journey I was able to learn more tools to help me in the future so that I could remember to do those things in those critical moments remembering to take those deep breaths And remembering that I have the power to change my thoughts, helping me help myself, basically. So that's why I'm really happy to share that BetterHelp is a sponsor of this podcast, and they are the world's largest online counseling service. So I can help you get therapy, too. Uh, It's 100% online. You can either text, email, do phone calls, video calls with your therapist, and you take a quiz so that they can match you with someone who meets your specific needs for whatever it is you're going through, if that's depression, anxiety, trauma, abuse, anything. Um, You get the same kind of professionals that you would get if you were looking on your health insurance's website because all these people are actual therapists. So um, I have a great deal for my Crying Behind Sunglasses listeners. For the first month, you get 10% off if you go to betterhelp.com slash crying behind pod that's better help h-e-l-p dot com slash crying behind pod tell me more about your podcast so uh i know that you host a touch from the past i i listened into a little bit um it's got we've ghost stories and history and stuff like that i love true crime so i'm a big fan of shows like that um how did you think of that idea and how's it been going um so my good friend Clark Kinez and I, like, we both just always talked about spooky stuff, like, nonstop, like, our whole friendship. Like, we would just hang out and be like, oh, this is spooky. And we'd, like, walk around town and, like, find really creepy buildings and be like, let's just go in. And then finally, <laughs> uh, we went to the Hollywood Hotel on Vermont Ave. And we just had, like, such a weird moment where, like, we felt like we were being watched and we were like in this basement. It was so like, it was so creepy. So finally I was like, Clark, I think we should just go to Philadelphia, have some spooky, like go do a spooky thing and then start a podcast about it. So 
that's kind of how it started. And I mean, before the the quarantine, we would bring a comedian with us and explore like a place that was scary for them in Los Angeles. And like we would do research and be like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Um, and since since the quarantine, we just kind of we might be like walking around separately and like see a spot and do research into it and then talk about it without actually going. But yeah. I mean, that sounds really fun. And I like the aspect of, or at least before when it's like on location. Yeah. Because most podcasts is just like in a very like secure studio, you know, instead of actually going to the place. Um, Have you ever seen a ghost? Not necessarily. When we were in Philadelphia, we went to the Penhurst Asylum, and that was terrifying. Like I, I'm skeptical of ghosts. He's not. He believes more. And we went to the asylum, and it was like this whole overnight ghost tour thing. And at one point, they were like, "All right, like here's a motion detector. Go off wherever you want." And it's like a huge campus. It's like something like 34 acres, and we went off to this one building by ourselves and we went um up to where to where like patients used to be mm. and we had the the motion detector like kind of far away from us like 20 feet away we just turned off our flashlights and we started asking questions and recording and all of a sudden the the motion detector went off and we freaked out because part of the issue is a lot of the people who are who used to be patients there are now just homeless people who live in that area. And sometimes they warned us, they were like, sometimes, you know, they'll come back and it's, you know, quite frightening for everybody involved because, you know, you're you're thinking ghosts and they're like, who are these people intruding? Um, so like an actual person who used to be a patient will just walk in. Yeah. I see. Yeah. So, but it wasn't that. We turned on our flashlights. Nobody was there. No rats, no mice. It was so weird. So we we can't really explain what set it off. So you didn't like, so you only, you heard the motion detector get set off, but you didn't actually like hear a voice? No. Or anything, did you? No. Oh, okay. But you, but you believe that ghosts are real? I, I, I guess I'm, I'm like, I'm there now. Like I would say yes. I think yeah. this is, this is what I would say. I think, I think that there's, an energy that we can't, we don't yet understand in like mm. a scientific re- re- like realm of things. And um, I think that that's what it is. That's like, it's like almost like a mark that is left. That's interesting. Yeah. No, I mean, I think there is like, I, I'm not um, super into organized religion, um, even though like, I do consider myself to be Jewish. I'm not like, oh, this is all the different rules I have to follow. But spiritually, I do think there is a higher power. And uh, when people die, I think that their spirit can kind of live on and the people who love them and care about them and they can kind of talk to us in that way. So, yeah. Um, and I don't I don't know about the bad ghosts. I haven't really <laughs> <laughs> experienced this. Well, actually, there was um, one time two years ago i was in uh saint augustine florida um and i was staying in an airbnb near the fountain of youth which is it was an area where i forget his name but it's fine um some famous spanish conquistador 
went in there and like basically murdered a lot of Native Americans. Wow. And conquered the area and did all that. So there's a Native American burial ground very close to where I was staying. I didn't really think much of it. Um, uh, but then it was really strange because I was staying there for three or four nights and I'm usually a really good sleeper, especially if I'm jet lagged and I could not fall asleep, hmm. you know, like it, I would have to really, like I kept staying up and it was really strange because whenever it would get dark there, I would just feel a spooky energy, yeah. you know? Uh, and I don't know if I was psyching myself out or not. It just felt very spooky. And then, um. I had after visiting the Fountain of Youth and doing the whole tour, I thought more about it. And I was like, huh, well, I wonder if like there are some spirits there that are at the house. And so I that night wrote in my journal and I was like, uh, whatever spirits are here, I'm not here to harm you. I respect your space. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I just want to get some sleep. I'm just here to film something like everything's fine. And then I was out. I was out like a light. That's why. Right after I finished writing that. So I don't know how you could explain that. Um, people could write it off as like it's all in my head and Katie's crazy. Yeah. You know, it's, but. <laughs> it's funny because we had a medium on and she as a guest and she was saying like mm -hmm. something that really helps because we were asking like, oh, like what would you suggest for people who are in haunted homes? Because she, she does mm. deals with a lot of like hauntings and homes. And she mm -hmm. said, like, make an offering, like, make an offering and, like, explain that you're not there to harm and you respect their area, their space. So I feel like that's kind of what you did. So, I mean, if, yeah. It's important. I think it is. You know, and if, if, if it's only, even if it's only for your own peace of mind, is if it's good enough to get them to go away. Why not? Fine. Yeah, get, the, <laughs> get that good sleep. Might as well. What's. So what what's the like most fun haunted place that you've been to? I would say honestly, um we went to the abandoned zoo in LA mm -hmm. on Friday the 13th at night. Ooh. Yeah, and it was super it was creep it was like fun. I wasn't creeped out cuz I was like, oh, this isn't like a big to be out in like the forest to me isn't like a big scary deal cuz I kind of grew up in a forest. <laughs> <laughs> uh -huh. but clark and our guest they were both like freaking out a little bit and we also had like you know there were like kids trying to like play pranks on each other so it was just like a fun time but mm -hmm. it, it like it got me a little bit like it creeped me out a little bit because we found these like spooky posters by some artist and it has this like it's like a rubber man face it's so weird it's creepy it's weird but i kind of love it what does the rubber man look like? It looks like he's like, if he was like an eraser head who was left out in the sun and he kind of like started to break down a bit. It's, it's weird. Huh. Okay. Well, I'm going to have to look that up. When yeah. We're done recording. Definitely. Someone who's an eraser that's been left out in the sun. <laughs> it's just like, so just like melting kind of. Yeah. He's melting. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, I, sometimes I feel that way when I lay on the couch for too long. <laughs> Oh, yeah. All the time for me. <laughs> just melt into the couch. Yeah. <laughs> Have you developed any new like habits or any sort of new self-care routines since we've been um, in lockdown? 
Yeah, we it's funny because we just started like doing foot masks. <laughs> and okay. I, I would have never done that. Like I I'll admit I had some gnarly feet. <laughs> and then uh-huh. I don't know, like I was just like, you know what? I'm this is I have time. Um we're gonna do this. We're gonna like get the pumice. We're gonna I got this like volcano mask from Lush and it's great. It feels wonderful. So the volcano mask, is it one of those ones that you leave it on overnight or is it just like for 10 minutes or something? It's like 15 minutes. Uh huh. It's nice. It starts to tingle, like it warms up a bit. And then when you rinse it, your feet feel so much smoother. So it's great. Wow. I've never done a foot mask. I feel like I'm missing out. I did a lot of research and I got to admit, <laughs> some of them sound terrifying because they're like, people are like, oh, your whole, you're like foot skin peels off and they like posted photos of like gross chunks of foot skin and i was like i don't want to deal with that that's too much that's not (laughs) (laughs) self-care i mean it's self-care in a different way it's for people who enjoy like dr pimple popper yeah right like the all the like gross bodily fluids and dead skin and you know, there is something satisfying about that, but it's not for everyone. Yeah, that's true. I do. I'll admit, <laughs> I do love the earwax videos when people are digging earwax out. Earwax videos. <laughs> oh, I've never seen those. I do know about the ear candle. I've, oh, yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. I'm not brave enough to try. No, I would never try it. But I'll watch <laughs> it. <laughs> if you... um. I was going to ask you also, because I have a a segment that I like to do with my guests called Hot Tips. Hot Tips, Hot Tips, Hot Tips. (laughs) So if you've had a shitty day at work or if you have like, um, I don't know, back in the day when you used to do your storytelling shows, if you have a set that doesn't go as well as you might have wanted, um, when you get home, is there something that you can do to turn your mood around? Yeah, I would say. Before the pandemic, what I would do is I would like make a nice dinner for myself. Like I'd get like a really, you know, like a really healthy meal that I would make myself, take my time and just enjoy that dinner and kind of like relax, whether that was like putting on like a face mask. Here I am just plugging the hell out of Lush. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just like do a nice dinner and, and like a face mask or like now when I get home from work. I love playing with my dog. I just play with my dog for like an hour and we mm-hmm. kind of both relax. I mean, he's he's like always pumped no matter what. He's sleeping now. But yeah, I'd say like playing with my dog right now is is a good self-care routine to relax. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. No, my, my dog always, I mean, she brings me out of it if I'm feeling depressed or anything like that. Um, was depression something that you dealt with um your whole life or is that something that came up more as an adult i would say since probably like middle school uh-huh yeah so as soon as those hormones start flowing in yeah <laughs> <laughs> the waves of it yeah what um what was like what what's an experience that you can think of like was it at school that you just felt like you were different from the other kids or did you just feel misunderstood or alone or anything like that? 
I think in middle school, I kind of felt, um, well, definitely uh, different, definitely, you know, a bit on the misunderstood side, because I, you know, like a lot of kids would, would make fun of me and be like, oh, she's gay. That's, that's gay. Like even before I was out. And so it's like, they knew, I knew, but I was Did they know? Wait, did the other kids know before you knew or no? No, I think I always knew, but like they could definitely pick (laughs) up on it. And I was like, oh no. And so like that definitely like pushed me, you know, like even if, I guess like even if they weren't, even if it was like a friend, like kind of acknowledging it, like I was like, oh no, this isn't going to be good. So like in a weird way, it was like myself hating myself, but also mm. like some kids were shitty about it. So kids are so mean. <laughs> they are. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I actually, um, when I was like 14, there was a rumor in the, going around the school that I was gay. Oh, wow. And I'm not, not that there's anything wrong with that, but, you know, and I remember that it was just really weird because I had just switched to a new school. I mean, this is my explanation. I don't know why, but uh, I just switched to a new school and I was trying really hard to make new friends. And so I was like being friendly with girls, I guess. I mean, that's the only thing I can think of, but like, I think they probably just made up the rumor because they were trying to say something that was mean. Yeah. It's so weird because the other rumor about me was that my dad was in the mafia, which he wasn't. (laughs) But it was just such a weird rumor. And everybody was like, oh, wow. Like, don't talk to her. Her dad's in the mafia. And I'm like, what? (laughs) Are you Italian? Yeah, we're Italian. So that's it. That's probably what it is. (laughs) (laughs) And did the so those rumors were mostly like in middle school. And how did you deal with that? Did it make you like go more uh, to be more of an introvert? Yeah, I would say it made me more introvert. I was lucky enough because in seventh grade, I kind of like in sixth grade, that's when it started. And I really like withdrew. But in seventh grade, I got actually one of my best friends still, Justine. Uh, She she was like, look, I don't she was like, if that's true, I don't even care. You know, she was like, let's just be friends. And like, we're still she's funny enough. She's queer as well. And we're just Mm -hmm. still very good friends. That's so nice that you had someone in your corner. Yeah, it was it meant the world to me. Yeah, because I think that it's really easy for middle school age kids to kind of fall into the pressure of like, oh, everyone's saying these things about Jen. They're saying that it's bad if she's gay. So I guess that's true. And they just like, you know, would go along with that. So for her to like stand up and say, you know what? No, I don't care. You're my friend. Yeah. Like that's really important to have someone like that, right? Yeah. I was really shocked. You were shocked that she was on your side? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just because so many kids were like, I mean, even it was it was terrible. Even in like gym class, like people would be like, oh, I don't want to be on her team. She's she's gay. And I was like, that's who you want on your team. Lesbians <laughs> can play all the gym sports <laughs> that's right you play kickball right i did i used to yeah uh-huh oh well i guess in the before times in now, the before does. <laughs> I, t- I talk about it like it's like a dead lover i used to yeah no yeah in the, pre- in the pre-pandemic times yeah how have you been able to stay connected to your friends um during this time i you know i send a lot of audio messages just like, cause you know, the, I don't, I think you have an iPhone. 
Yeah. Yeah. So like over the iPhone, you can just send an audio message. And I, I feel like I do that a lot since the, the pandemic. And my friends and I just send it to each other all the time. It feels more intimate, right? Yeah, definitely. Because I feel like I have a friend, um, my friend Kamala, she moved to China almost two years ago to teach English. And so we don't really get to actually talk on the phone that often because there's such a big time difference. Yeah. So we'll do WhatsApp and she's been doing those audio messages and we send them back and forth. And I always feel like I'm like, yeah, I really know what's going on in her life because it's not just like a one sentence text. Yeah. It's like you can really give more detail. Yeah, tell a whole story. <laughs> so what do you have coming up that you're excited about? I, I've i been working on this uh, podcast called The Fright Line. Oh, okay. And it's so it's going to be like um, those old like 1-900 phone numbers you could call in and like hear a spooky story. So every week I'll change it. You can listen to it as a podcast or you can actually call a phone number. But I'm I'm not even launching it until August because it's Friday the 13th in August. So I'm like... Oh, you wanted to wait. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm like waiting. So, but it's so much fun to like work on it slowly and and yeah, it's just fun to craft it. I I, I think it's really cool to have like a hotline that people can call into. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. It's, are you, so people are just going to call and listen or do they leave messages also? Well, I do it through Google Voice right now. Uh -huh. So it's you can leave a voicemail and I do get funny ones. Like people are like, whoa, <laughs> you know, they'll like give a little scream or, you know, something like that. But um, no, I mean, really, you can just listen to the vo the the message, the story. And that's all. Wow. What? What attracted you so much to all the scary stories? Is that something that you've been into since you were a kid? Like, did you read Goosebumps? Yeah. Uh, I loved Goosebumps. I, I Like, as a four-year-old, my favorite thing was Freddy Krueger. So it's just kind of, like, always been there. I don't know. I don't – I yeah. just don't remember not liking it. So it's just something that's in you. Maybe from a past life. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to go back into the ghost territory. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I understand that because there's there's certain things that I got into as a child where I have like no explanation as to why I like it. I'm just like, no, I like this. Yeah. Like, um, I was weirdly um, into like Emily Dickinson poetry <laughs> at like age seven or eight, you know? So, and that's kind of adult. Yeah. I was going to say that's pretty sophisticated for a kid. <laughs> I mean, I think that someone had given me um, the book of poetry as a gift, you know, but I was very into it. And I, I think my favorite poem that she had was uh, about death. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> so I, I can relate. I, I was a weird, dark kid also. All right. <laughs> I get it. Maybe that's why we ended up being friends. Yeah. You know? I was going to say we would have been friends no matter what age. <laughs> oh, totally. Totally. I mean, except for that. Um, you know, we, I was in LA, so I that's guess true. I would have had to come to the East Coast. But so, when things do come back, like whenever the world opens, what is something that you are like really wanting to do? Like, what's the first thing that you haven't been able to do that you'd like to do? I don't, that's I don't even know because I guess I well because I had a trip planned to Europe. 
it was like a three week trip in to Europe for my birthday. Mm-hmm. And that was like right when everything locked down. I guess I would just do that. That sounds like such an over the top, like decadent thing. But I guess not to sound cheesy, but I'd probably go visit my parents and my cat. They have my cat. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's not cheesy at all, and I, I think Europe also sounds fabulous. Where, where in Europe were you planning to go? London, uh, Ireland, Poland, Italy, and Prague. Mm. So kind of just like a all over the place. Yeah, doing a whole tour. I mean, I did that for my birthday a few years ago i did like a solo trip around europe and it was one of the best things i've ever done so that's awesome yeah i've only yeah i went for work to germany one time and that was it so i was definitely really pumped to actually go and like do touristy things and take my time well i think i mean it'll happen yeah i'm gonna keep my fingers crossed that we all get vaxxed up yeah, <laughs> we get to make that happen. Um, so uh, before we go, I'd love to know, do you have any words of wisdom for anybody out there who might be struggling, you know, with um, feeling depressed or lonely or anxious um, right now? Yeah, I guess. Um, I guess it's more like words of wisdom. I live by myself. Um, I guess I would say. Go outside for 10 minutes just to see some blue and some green. And um, obviously that's not going to completely cure it, but it'll kind of like clear up some of the fog so you can get back on the path. And, you know, yeah, definitely get outside for a minute or go for a stroll or, you know, it definitely just helps to just be quiet outside. Yeah. Yeah. Nature is killing it right now. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think nature had something to do with all this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna put it out there. Yeah, yeah, and I guess that's all. Do you have any other things that you want to share? I mean, obviously, everybody should be listening to um, a touch from the past. Um, you guys have new episodes coming out soon. I'm guessing we took a bit of a break. We'll probably have episodes in March. So cool! Yeah, well, yeah. It's coming. It's coming. It's it's coming, and then we'll we'll look for the fright line yeah. later this year. <laughs> That's going to be super fun. Um, And I really appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. It's so much fun. It was so good to see you. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Jen. Abracafabrica. I'm so excited to introduce you to two of the most fabulous witches that I know. These are friends of mine, and I love their podcast, and I want to share it with you. Uh, These fabulous witches, Leah Knauer and Rachel LaForest. Their podcast is called Basic Witches. You can join these witches in their coven at the world-famous comedy store as they interview comedians, actors, artists, fellow witches about all things magical, right along with Leah and Rachel's deep thoughts, deep breathing, and deep belly laughs as they open up with celebrity guests and professionals in the spiritual world. Um, I've listened to a lot of their episodes, and they have just so much fun insights they pull tarot cards they do seances it's it's a little bit of everything and you you will learn a lot about astrology and moon phases and all of that mystical stuff so 
Uh, each episode is packed with manifestation tips, magical masturbation quips, <laughs> and rooting for broomsticks over dicks. Astrology.com loves them, and so do I, and you will too. So um, give them a listen anywhere that podcasts can be found. And as the basic witches would say, hexo, hexo. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Crying Behind Sunglasses. I hope that it made you feel a little bit less alone, a little bit less weird about all the weird brain stuff you might be going through lately. So I'm here for you. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed listening to Jen. Her podcast, of course, is A Touch from the Past. It's a lot of spooky, fun stuff. So go check that out. Uh, And if you liked what you heard today, then please subscribe and leave a review. Don't be shy. And if you want to connect more with me, you can meet up with me on Clubhouse this Thursday, February 4th at 8 p.m. Pacific. It's going to be just a really chill mental health talk where you can vent about whatever it is that you're going through or ask advice. And if you enjoyed this podcast, then definitely share it with a friend. And don't forget, stay cool. Stay present. Stay sunny. Hip, ear, ear, ear.